0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from our special guest. and then we're going to go to the book of James and just wherever else I want to go as we do this tonight. Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to do more of an in-depth teaching than I normally do when I'm here. I'm going to make us dig a little bit tonight, um, but I, I I really have something that the Lord has shown me recently that I think that we need to get a hold of, and I hope I can help you tonight. Thank you. You, you can go down. Uh, Acts the 10th chapter, and I'm going to read a, a little bit lengthy passage more than normal for me. I'm going to begin in verse 1 and we'll go through verse 8, and then we'll, in a few moments, we'll jump over to James chapter 2. So let's just jump into it. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed. To God regularly, now I want you to get that there's a there's something happening right there. Don't miss what I just read. All right, so we'll we'll dig into this in a minute. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, "Cornelius." Cornelius stared at him in fear. Wouldn't you? That's not in the scripture. That's just asking you a question. I'd be a little fearful too. And he says, what is it, Lord? And he asked. The angel answered, now listen to what the angel answered. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened. And he sent them to Joppa. Now, normally, when we read this passage of scripture, we focus on a couple of things. One of the things that we focus on uh, is we focus on a vision, or we focus on uh, you know that Peter is going to come and preach, or we focus on uh, this man and, and and whatever. Tonight, I want to I want to kind of turn this on its head just for a minute. Would would you go with me on a journey tonight for a little bit? All right, I want to talk tonight. If you need a title for this, I want to talk about faith. Just that simple. I want to talk about faith because here's here's what I have found out after doing this now for forty something years. We talk a lot about faith, but we really don't understand what faith is. We 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 mouth it, we say it, we we put the words out, but what we really don't understand is is how faith operates and how faith acts. And so I, I want to dig down into this tonight. Uh, to show us how this whole aspect operates and how it flows. Now, it's interesting to me what faith will do. Faith will cause God to do things that he's not supposed to do. Did, did you hear me? You, you You can read time and again in the Old Testament, especially where, where God steps across the line and does something, that that doesn't make sense. It's like, why would God do this in this moment? And it's simply because of somebody's faith. I'll, I'll give you a couple of New Testament examples. Uh, when when Jesus goes to a wedding one day, and uh, his mother looks at him and says, uh, "They've run out of wine," and and he's now here's Jesus's response: "It is not my time. It's not time for me to enter into my ministry." It is not yet time for me to step into what it is that I'm supposed to step into. And watch what his mom says. His his mom says to the servants, do whatever he says. Her faith was so strong in what an angel had spoken to her before the birth of Jesus, of who he was and what he was going to be, that she literally pulled Jesus into his ministry before it was time by faith. It happened because of her faith in that moment. Not Jesus' faith. Jesus is going, let me alone, woman. Don't mess with me. He says, it's not my time. He calls her woman. It's not my time, woman. Right? He's saying just, just," and she says, just do whatever he says. And she pulls him into ministry before it's his time. Uh, There's a woman in Scripture that talks about, says Jesus is coming through one day and people all around him. And and there's this woman who the scripture says presses her way through the crowd who had suffered much at the hands of many physicians for 12 years and yet grew worse. And the scripture says that she pushed her way through the crowd because she said to herself, if I can touch the hymn, it is actually, it is the prayer shawl. She said, if I can touch where where the talit is, she said, if I can reach that, if I can touch that because the scripture says there's healing in his wings. Go read it. And, and and so she has got a hold of an Old Testament faith in healing in his wings, which was his prayer shawl. And she said, if I can just touch the bottom of that thing, I know that I will be healed. And she presses her way through and she touches it. And in that moment, the scripture says that she is made whole. And Jesus said, now watch you. Jesus said, who touched me? Now, that is an interesting statement to me. You are the living incarnate of God. You are God robed in flesh, and yet you don't know who touched you? And Peter goes, Jesus, what do you mean? There's people all around you pushing around you. And Jesus said back to him, he said, yeah, but but she touched me. What he's saying is there's a difference in thronging around Jesus and touching Jesus. And he looks around at her and she pushes, she kind of timidly steps forward and said, It was me. And he says, well, No, listen, he says to her, Woman, there's that woman thing, and woman, your faith, whose faith? Not Jesus' faith, your faith has made you whole. There, there's there needs to come an understanding to us that there, there's an aspect of faith that literally moves heaven. To operate on our behalf, and that it's not arrogant to operate in that kind of faith, because God has told us that He has given to every one of us a measure of faith. That measure of faith is saving faith. But once I receive faith, saving faith, then the Word of God tells us that faith is deposited in me, and that faith grows. And we'll talk about that as we move forward. Let me let me read another scripture. James two eighteen says, uh, "But someone will say." You have faith, and I have deeds or works. Now, listen to what James says. Show me your faith without your deeds, works, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Now, I'm going to say something that, that will, will push some of you a little bit. Faith is not just thinking. Faith is not just parroting what Scripture says. Faith is not just saying, by his stripes I am healed. Faith is not just saying, he is Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord God, my provider. Faith has to have action that goes along with it. James says, you talk about your faith, when you don't have any works. And he said, I will show you my faith by my work. Cornelius shows his faith. By his works. Cornelius does two things to show his faith. He shows his faith, and we'll we'll drill down into this. He shows his faith by his prayer and his giving. Oh, help me. All right? So, here's, here's what we have to come to. What is faith? Let me just give you a simple definition of faith. Faith is agreement with heaven. Did you hear me? Faith is agreement with heaven. Whatever heaven says, I agree. I just come into alignment with it, and I agree. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? It also says, if two or three agree as touching anything, it'll come to pass. It is just my coming into faith is all about, well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I got it. But faith is agreement with heaven. But here's the key. You will never believe someone you don't trust. Come on. Now, again, I'm going to mess with us on the front end of this, then I'll get us all healed when we get through this. All right? We don't trust God. You say, what do you mean? We have this thing in our heart, in our mind, that says God does what his word says sometime. Uh Uh-oh. Scripture says he's a healer sometime. Scripture says he's a deliverer sometime. Scripture says he's a provider sometime. And what happens, y'all okay, what happens is that we get disappointed because God doesn't do what we think that he ought to do. And when I get disappointed in you, I can't fully trust you. So I have to, at some point in my journey with God, and it may be a weekly thing or sometimes it's a daily thing, I have to deal with my distrust before I can trust because my trust is going to move me into faith and my faith is going to bring God to do things. But what has happened is, is that we have prayed for things, we have believed for things, we have confessed things, and I'm going to talk about confession in a minute. Confession is not just parroting. See, we, we, got, we got head knowledge, but we don't, we haven't moved it to the heart. Okay, we'll get there. So we we've we've got to come to that place where we come back and we get in our prayer closet and we pray until we go, God, I trust you. Job says, even if these skin worms devour this body, yet in my flesh I know I'll see God. What are you saying? He's saying, God, I trust you. I don't know what's all going to... I'm, I'm not trying to tell you tonight that we're not going to experience tribulation because the Scripture says you're going to go through some stuff in this world. But what I do know is, is that we have backed away from preaching things and believing things Because it didn't happen one time at one situation, and we have come to this place that we don't really trust God, and it's easier not to talk about it, and it's easier not to talk about faith than it is to say, God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God is a provider. God is your sustainer. God can do anything. Can can I give you more? Because I haven't even got into it yet. Do not be deceived, James 1.16. Do not be deceived, my brothers and sisters. So he gets everybody in here. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Now, James says to us again, every good thing. Is sickness good? That was a redundant question. That was a, that was pretty simple, people. Is being broke good? Is being addicted good? Is I mean, what I mean, we that is not. It's it's. And scripture says every good gift. But we've had this teaching go through the body of Christ that well, God let that God wanted the some of the dumbest stuff in church. Ever heard it? Well, God needed another flower for his garden, so he let my three-year-old die. Are you crazy? That is not our God. That is a fallen world we live in. God doesn't need to pick, you know, your children to have flowers in heaven. I mean, we, we, we make such crazy statements trying to help people, but again, what we do is we put doubt in their mind, we put distrust in their mind, and then they live trying to live an overcoming life, but there's always this doubt in the back of their mind. So how do we get over this? You you know, we, we used to say, how many of you have ever heard this statement, God is good all and all the time? Come on, we we have said that. If If you ever went to old school church, you said that. God is good. And all the time. God is good. And all the time. We don't believe that. We don't believe that. We said it, but we don't believe it. How do I know? Because our theology, what we say when somebody starts going through trouble, while well, we say when somebody starts going through treatment, well, God must have a higher purpose for my life. No, no, no. The enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that you would have life and it more abundantly. I I, I want to get us to that place where we are believing God for abundance. For we are believing in every beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. As your understanding grows, you move more into the abundance that God has for us. Now, let's let's talk about this. If if I were to show up today and I would were, were to come in here tonight and I say, you know what, I've been studying this thing, and, and I, I know for you know your whole life you have been told that when you look up at the sky, it is blue. But I have some fresh news for you. The sky is not blue. The sky is chartreuse. It is, you know, it is just, it is not. And and, and you, you just look at me and go, okay, Pastor, God bless you. And you walk outside and go, that's blue. Ready? Why? Because you know what blue is. So you are not moved when somebody tells you what blue isn't. You just go, God love them, and you just go, that's blue. Why? Here's here's what faith is. Faith is being fully persuaded of what God said. See, when I'm fully persuaded of what God said, I don't allow what somebody else says to move me off of that. I don't allow the circumstances to move me off of that. I do not allow what's happening around me. Everybody's all concerned. We're in the middle of, of COVID still. And then we're on top of that, we got a recession. And on top of that, we've got inflation. And on top of that, gasoline is, you know, $78 a gallon. I mean, it's, it's just on and on and on. And so if we're not careful, we, we start believing that the sky is sure true. Instead of believing that God is my shield and my exceeding great reward. But I've got to come to that place. Are you fully persuaded of what God says? Because that's what faith is all about. Faith is being fully pre- I have settled it in this moment, and you're never going to move me off of it. I don't care what happens. doesn't matter. A thousand may fall on my right hand. Ten thousand on my left. It shall not come nigh my dwelling. And you just go, okay, I love you. God bless you. The sky is still blue. Is this too simple? Follow it. See, the the aspect of faith is just, again, coming into agreement with heaven. What does heaven say? 7,000 promises in Scripture. 7,000 promises in Scripture. And what the Word of God says is that mankind has been given legal jurisdiction upon this earth. Adam, it's yours. Adam gives it away. Jesus comes back, and he receives the kingdom back, and he dies on a cross, and he gives us the keys, and he has ascended upon high and set down at the right hand of the Father, waiting until his enemies to be made his footstool. How are his enemies going to be made his footstool when the church begins to live in faith, not by the system of this world? I'm not. I'm not moved. I, listen I, I don't I don't want to mess with you I, 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 if, if inflation goes to double digits, I'm not moved. Why? Because I am fully persuaded that God has taken care of Sherry and I all of these years. He's taken care of love and truth ministries all of these years and he is not going to drop us now. You, you, you've got you've got to be fully persuaded in your mind and in your heart. So, what happens is is that you and I have been given legal jurisdiction, but heaven can't come until man tells it to. Okay, well, I don't believe that. Jesus, have you ever heard say, uh, "I don't know what they're doing here," but God's just going to have His way. No, He's not. Not until, uh uh-oh, pastor's got in the heresy tonight. Not unless a man or a woman steps forward. What What did Jesus say? When you pray, here's how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There has to be humanity. The reason Jesus had to come to this earth as a little baby that was overshadowed, uh, Holy Spirit overshadowed uh, his mother, and he had to come in the flesh, was because it was only humanity that had authority upon this earth. And the only way to buy back what Adam and Eve had given away was for Jesus Christ to come robed in flesh and then to die on a cross to live a sinless life, and his blood has now given us the authority upon this earth. Okay, let's read a little more. Romans 10. You, you, you got your Bibles? I don't know if we're going to have this one on the screen or not. Romans 10, verse 7. I, I talk about this a lot, but it says, Who will descend into the deep, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? But what it what does it say? What does the Scripture say? The Word is near you. It is in your what? Mouth and in your heart. Uh-oh. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Now, listen, listen to what Paul says. Listen to what how he says you get saved. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, that moves us. Then he then he explains it. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess or confess, and you are saved. It has to move from your head to your heart and from your heart to your mouth. Let me prove it. How many of you heard? Let me ask this question first. How many of you are saved? Just look around. If somebody's not, lay hands on them get them saved. All right? So it looks like everybody in here raised their hand. All right. How many of you heard the gospel more than once before you got saved? How many of you heard it more than 10 times? How many of you heard it more than 100 times? You guys are hard-headed. Now watch. The seed of the word of God was going forward. You could have, after about the third or fourth time, somebody would come to you and they would say, How do you get saved? And you say, Well, here's how you get saved you believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross, you repent of your sins, you believe it in your heart, and you confess with your mouth. Now, you're as lost as a goose, but you can tell people how to get saved because you have a head knowledge. But somewhere, some night, some day, some place, all of a sudden, that head knowledge went from being here till it got down here and you were convicted and convinced in that moment you said, I'm ready to be saved. And now what has happened is is that the seed has gone from your head to your heart and it is now producing a harvest in your life but you heard it maybe for years before it got there. See, I've, said this in a sermon not long ago I talked about the difference in in being adapted and converted I don't know if I did that on a Sunday or when an an adapter when Sherry and I went to England years ago and Sherry took an adapter to a curling iron all right and she plugged in a 110 curling iron to a 220 or whatever it was it was it it fit but it was just an adapter. She stuck it in there, and I'm doing something in the hotel room, and all of a sudden smoke just start rising. and And I watch. I I sat there and watched as the whole end of that curling iron just melted. Just why? She she had an adapter, but she didn't have a converter. See. So many of us have adapted to Christianity. I'm not saying you're not saved. We have adapted to Christianity, but we have never been converted. See, when you get a converter, a converter takes that energy and it brings it into the right place that it can be used for what you need it to be used for. We have got to be converted, not just in our minds, but we've got to be converted in our hearts. It's great that we adapt. Hallelujah, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, isn't Jesus wonderful? We we have adapted, but we haven't converted. God is good all the time, all the time. We have adapted, but we haven't converted. If we were converted, it would have gotten from here to here, and you couldn't shake me. You come up and tell me, "I, I believe it. I go, I don't care what you believe. I'm not being rude. I just don't care. Why? Because I'm fully persuaded. When you get to the moment that you are fully persuaded, is in the moment where you begin to see God show up in ways that little lady said, If I can I'm fully persuaded, if I can just get and touch the Him, He doesn't have to speak to me, He doesn't have to lay hands on me, He doesn't have to even know I'm in the crowd. But if she is fully convinced. And nobody, the law said she couldn't be in public. She was, uh, they could have stoned her, killed her because of being out in the condition she was in. Everything was against her. But she was fully persuaded. I don't care what anybody says. It doesn't matter to me. I'm I'm going to get to Jesus. He's coming by. Blind Bartimaeus is another one. The, The Bible, he moves Jesus by his faith. He hears Jesus is passing by. And the scripture says, he cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy over me. And everybody says, shh. He says, you're not shooing me. You're not shutting up my praise. I, I got to have a miracle. I, I, I'm fully persuaded. Do you, do you realize if you study scripture, this is the last time Jesus is ever going to go through Jericho. He's never going back there again. And blind Bartimaeus has this moment that something turns over in his heart, and he goes from a head knowledge of a good rabbi to believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and he says, and he cries all the more loudly. And he is so convinced that he is going to be healed that the Bible says he wears a beggar's cloak every day. You could identify him. In that society, beggars were, it was a a tradition, beggars wore a certain kind of garment. So you knew by seeing the garment, this guy is a beggar, and it's okay. We can give to him, all right? And even it was even inculcated in the Jewish law that you took care of those people. And, and so the, and the, watch what the Bible says. It says when, they, when he heard that Jesus called to him, he cast off his cloak because he says, I'm going to get healed. He is fully persuaded he's never going back to what he was. And he says, I'm getting rid of this cloak because I'm never going to pick it up again. Some of you tonight, i got to hurry, but some of you tonight need to get rid of some cloaks. Some of you have been carrying some stuff. You've been taking it for years. Well, I'm just a poor old sinner. Shut your mouth. You are not just a poor old sinner saved by grace. That's another dumb theology. I can't be a sinner and be saved. I am either saved or I am lost. I am a saint or I'm a sinner, but I'm not both. Amen. I'm God's child. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I have a right to put my feet under my father's table, and whatever my daddy has on his table, I can have some of it. I got a whole lot more, but Lord, help me. I need to get them out of here before midnight. See, the Bible says what has to happen is is that the, the Scripture talks about that the sower goes forth to sow seed. This is all about faith. The sower goes forth to sow seed, and it falls on four kinds of ground. We won't talk about all that, but it falls on good ground. All right, we'll talk about the good ground. We won't talk about stony and wayside, and we'll talk about good ground, and it falls on good ground, and when it falls on good ground, Jesus said it produces 30, 60, and 100 fold return. Now, that 100 fold return just means maximum return. It doesn't mean if I give a dollar, I'm going to get 100. It just means whatever maximum is. I might give a dollar and get 10 million maximum return, all right, or whatever it is. And and so Jesus said, listen, th- th- this is seed. So where is seed? I talked about it a couple of weeks ago on Sunday. The, the, the ground is my heart. Every time you hear the word of God, faith cometh by hearing. Every time you hear, I know I'm digging, I, I, but you got to get it. I, I'm only going to be here tonight. Not coming back next week. I'm here. I'll be in Dyersburg next week, all right? So we the 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 word goes forth. I hear it. I, I I read it. I hear somebody preach it. I'm I'm watching a preacher on YouTube. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm watch, and every time that happens, seed goes into my mind. But if I've got good ground, it'll go into the ground. Now here's what Jesus said about the seed. He said, "The farmer doesn't know how it grows." Go go read what Jesus said. He said what happens is he said he plants it and then first the stalk and then the head and then the full kernel comes forth. See, here's, here's what happens. When I truly am persuaded about what heaven says, it goes into my heart and God begins a process that I don't recognize until I see the results down the road. Now, I don't know about you, but I get excited when I hear that because, first of all, I've been preaching forever. I don't mean tonight. Some of you think I've been preaching forever tonight, okay? I mean, I've, I've been preaching for a long time, all right? Since 1984, I've went into ministry full time. So I have sown seed forever. I have prayed seed forever. I have given finances forever. And I look at how blessed Sherry and I are now. You just need to see me in 10 years. No, you didn't hear it. Because as blessed as I am now, I can't imagine what the multiplication anointing of seed is going to be Two years, five years, ten years, fifteen years, however long it is that I live down the road of what God's going to do. Now, the the whole aspect here, can can you give me about yeah, about that long? <laughs> oh Jesus, help us. See, the Bible says you believe in your heart what heaven says, and you're justified. That word justified is a legal term and it means the administration of the law on earth. I I know I know I'm giving you three weeks Bible study. I got it, but I'm only here tonight. So you gotta take it all. All right. So what what's got to happen is, is that I've got to allow it to be settled, justified, and then I have to confess what God says, I have to begin, let, let, let's do it this way because I, I can tell your brain's getting tired, all right? If I tonight were standing here with a $100,000 cashier's check and it had your name on it and I called you up here tonight before this entire congregation, come on, you ought to get more excited about it than that. Well, come on, think about it just a minute. And I would just say, uh, this is a cashier's check. It's got your name on it. It says A.J. Fowler. All right? Here's, and I hand it to him. And I were to say to him, hey, Pastor A.J., you got any money? he go, oh, yeah. I got $100,000. And I'd look back at him and say, no, you don't. What have you got? You have a promise. Now, you're going to act. I, I, I guarantee you if I caught him up here and handed it to him, he would strut. His chest would poke out. His brain would immediately begin to process how he's going to take care of Crystal and his babies. He'd begin to figure out how he's going to spend it. Come on, you would too. You would immediately. You, you, it is in your hand. You are in that moment already acting as though it is yours. All you have is a piece of paper. All you have in that moment is a promise. But all you've got to do is take that promise and cash it, hmm. and you can pay your house off or whatever it is that you're needing in that moment. Some of you can pay off two credit cards. Hmm. See, the kingdom operates on that principle. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it? Let's Let's do this. Wouldn't it have been foolish tonight? For when we all got here, Pastor AJ met us out under the the drive-through out there and say, "The lights are all off in here." And 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 he he meant to say, he said, we, "We're gonna pray," and we'd say, "Pastor, what are we gonna pray about? We're gonna pray that the lights will come on." And I'd look at him and say, "Pastor AJ, didn't, didn't y'all pay the utilities this month?" Yeah, yeah, we paid the utilities. Pastor AJ, did lightning hit the building and? No, no, there's, there's plenty of power to the building. Are we going to get out here? We're going to pray that the lights come on. I'd look at him and say, something's wrong with you. AJ, Pastor AJ, all you got to do is flip the switch. The power is already here. The line's already run. Everything that needs to be done has already been done. All that we've got to do. Can I show you how to flip the switch? Not the only way, but one of the ways. You know that guy I read about in the beginning? You thought I was just reading you a little Bible study? The Scripture says about him that his giving and his prayers Move God, who at this moment was only dealing with Jews, to cross the Jewish line and come to Gentiles. That's us. Because at this point, it's only Jews getting saved, it's only Jews being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's only happening to Jews, but there is a Gentile centurion soldier who because of his giving and his prayers god says i got I, that there's faith in that man i i gotta go across and and i got to do something that i wouldn't normally have done see what what's this there's an economy of earth and there's an economy of heaven now watch money is just the medium of exchange on this earth Money can become anything you want it to be. If you want to tonight, you can make money a quarter pounder with cheese and fries and a Diet Coke to cancel out all those other calories. Here's a $10 bill, drive through McDonald's, and that $10 bill becomes, come on, right? Uh, you you got, you, you know, you're not feeling good. You take that money and you go to the doctor and you give the doctor that money, and he gives you a shot, or she does whatever, and, and, and that money becomes hell. Uh-oh. Now what, what, what? That's the economy of this earth, but there's an economy of heaven. So money is the medium of exchange on this earth, but faith is the medium of exchange in heaven. Now, let me just mess with you. Somebody come play just some really good, loving Jesus music. Okay? Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Okay? Some of you are going to get, I'm going to just take you someplace tonight that'll mess with your world. All right? Here's the deal money's the medium of exchange on earth, faith is the medium of exchange in heaven. But when you take the medium of exchange on earth, and you take it with the medium of exchange in heaven, miracles start happening. Let me show you. We'll we'll be done, I promise, before Jesus comes. These are going to come up. I'd encourage you to write them down. When I give, my faith is shown. Oh, he's talking about money. It's just all about money. No, it's not all about money. But where your treasure is, there's your heart. If the medium of exchange on this earth is finances, is money, there are moments that I need to supercharge what I'm doing. And when I bring the medium of earth and the medium of heaven together, God begins to do something that is will blow your mind. James says, talk about faith all you want to. But he says, if you don't do anything, I'm not impressed. Oh, now now the spirit got tight. Those pastors talking about finance. Let Let me give you the second one. When I give, all right, when I give, my faith moves me out of my comfort zone. Let me, let me tell you why. As long as you are in your comfort zone. Now, you, you can be in your comfort zone and be broke. But you're comfortable being broke. You've been broke 20 years. You can be miserable. And you're comfortable. I'm just miserable. I just like, I got a guy in my church every time I see him. Pastor, I've been mad for the last eight years. And I said I just want to talk to you. I do. I just look at him and say, I'm not talking to you today. I told him his son. I told him, son, I'm gonna knock you out. I love my saints. Aren't you glad, Pastor AJ is your pastor? He was messing with us. I'm gonna knock you right here in the foyer. I'm gonna knock you out. All right. You 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 can it, listen until you get giving will move you. Oh, oh yeah. By the way, yes, I am taking an offering. If you're wondering. Help you. Number three, when I give, and and Cornelius shows this, when I give, my faith is activated. It's, It's like something happens in that moment. And things begin to flow. And God begins to do things. And I know if you're religious tonight, this is breaking every one of your religious bones. Because Your mindset is you you can't buy a miracle, and you're exactly right. You cannot buy a miracle, but you can activate your faith. You can move yourself into another dimension by taking the economy of this world and attaching it to the economy of God and seeing what only God can do. The fourth one, there's only two more. The fourth one is when I give, I create my future. Cornelius moves God out of a Jewish only mind, moves him into the Gentile world, and changes his future. You want your future (laughs) changed? Uh oh. Why not that much? Okay. Stay in your comfort zone. Stay miserable. Stay what? I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm. I'm just saying. We make the choice of where we're going to wind up in this journey called life. When I give, lastly, when I give, my faith engages the kingdom. Now watch this, and I'm done. Just a couple of more statements. I promise. The economy of this world operates on lack and money. Did you hear me? We cut back on gas production. What happened? Price went up. That's the economy of this world. That which we don't have much of gets more expensive. When you have plenty of it, it's cheap. So this economy operates on lack and money. God's economy operates on abundance and faith. Well, hallelujah. Now what? We're done. Come on. In fact, I'll just have you stand so you'll know I'm going to quit. Listen to me. When you take your lack, whatever that is, it can be a lack in your body. It can be a lack in your marriage. It can be a lack in your finance. It doesn't matter. When you take your lack and sow finances, money, into the kingdom, in that moment, God begins to allow heaven's economy to bring a miracle into your life. That's one of them prosperity preachers. No, that's one of these word preachers. It's the word of God. Let me me tell you how much this is the word of God. Three weeks ago, I preached this in Jackson, and I did did exactly what I'm going to do with you. I said, if you need a miracle tonight, here's what I want you to do you can give online or you can give here but what i want you to do in fact ushers would you just hand everybody an offering envelope okay just just everybody just quickly just go 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 like your own red bull all right just quickly 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 all right we'll talk then all right On on this envelope, I don't know if you've ever looked at it. Just hand them out by the bucket loads, guys. We're we're not saving them tonight for anything. All right? We don't have to count them. Okay? Look, on the back of this, because I want everybody to see this, on the back of this envelope, ever since we've been using this envelope, which is now years, it says, Miracles, tell us what you are believing God for. See that? You got one? See that? Right on the very back. Tell us what you're believing God for. Now, I haven't been here, but I've been with our people that count the finances. And I ask them, I said, how many people put anything on there? They said, Pastor, less than 5%. Did you hear me? We, we just pluck it in, in a bucket and hoping one day God's going to do something. What would happen if you gave your seed an assignment? I'm not talking about your offering. I mean, I'm not talking about your tithes. I'm talking about your offering. What if you gave your seed an assignment? What is it that you need God to do in your body, in your life, in your family, in your finances? What is it you need God to do that you need to give an assignment to, that finances needs to move your faith into another dimension? I'm not telling you what to give. In fact, I'll tell you this. This money's not coming to me. It's not coming to this church. Everybody that's going to the missions. So I have no interior or ulterior motives, either one. Okay? Let me, let me tell you what happened at our place. I'll just tell you two or three. I've heard, I don't know how many. Our son and daughter-in-law are trying to sell a house because they're getting ready to move to Utah and we're having to pray about that. But anyway, you know, all these people looking at their house day after day after day after day, people looking, nobody, nobody making an offer. Anna's sitting on the front row. She writes, our house to sell immediately. I don't know what she sold. Chicken laid it on the altar. The next morning, not two months, three months, six months. The next morning, a couple from Memphis walks through the house. They said, we want this house. We don't have any exclusions. We don't need anything. We just want, we want the house. We'll pay you full asking price for the house. Oh, it, it gets better. I had a lady whose relatives came to me. She said, Pastor, you remember why this was on Sunday? Remember last Wednesday? I said, yeah. She said, I've had a piece of property that this woman has had on the market for two years. Can't sell it. She said, I wrote on there, this is going to sell. She said, "Thursday morning, I got a call from a man in Nashville. Said I want that piece of property. Said we signed everything on Friday. Come on, I, I got more. You okay? I, I'm gonna get your faith there. I'm trying to raise your faith. All right. I, 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 there's a, there's a gal in our church who's, who's. If you knew her testimony, she's been to hell and back. I'm pardoning my, my, what I said, but it, I mean, she is. Her life has been through everything. She said I had to have six hundred dollars." I had down and she said and my deal is as I tell you all the time if it doesn't meet my need it must be C she said so I just saw what I had in my purse she said I put it in the envelope I brought it up there I laid it down she said I have had something on eBay at, what did she say months I mean it years I mean she said I've had something on, on eBay for years." year she said at 4 o'clock in the morning this guy inboxes me and says I'll buy that and I'll give you guess how much $600 can I give you one more one of our staff members, his mom has been diagnosed with cancer. It kind of sounds like right here, okay? And, and she was deteriorating at such a rate, they, they couldn't even do anything to her. And they walked up and they sowed a seed and said, we, we believe God's going to do something to our mom. The next morning, the doctor came in and he said, I'm going to check one more thing. He said, there's something about something, 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 and he found out that the reason she was deteriorating so bad was just a little simple something that they started giving her and she immediately started to rebound. Okay, I I mean... See, I'm not telling you what to give tonight. I'm telling you to put your faith into action. So can you do that? Can you smile about it? You look so intense God loves a cheerful giver all right you can give online but I, I, here's what I want to encourage you I want you to write on your envelope what you're believing God for right Sherry and I do this quite often this is what we're believing God for and I can tell you miracle after miracle after miracle that's happened and I, I know I know it's pushing some of you out of your comfort zone all right? Do they need pins, or are they just interceding right now? Is this a a moment of intercession, Pastor? It's like everybody's just looking at me. I don't don't know if we're in deep travail and waiting for a word from the Lord. Some people need some pins, guys, so uh, help them. They've got their hands up front, somebody right over here, at least. Just take them out. You can give give online, but I still encourage you right on here, because we're going to do something with this, and that's why I want you to. I want you to put your faith in the action. What is it you're believing God for? All right? Now, if you've never believed God for, you know, a heal of headache, you might start there before you jump to AIDS and, you know, let your faith grow, let, you, let your understanding grow. I, I know it's 814. We're going to get you out of here. When you were in the world, you hadn't even got to the bar yet. You'd stay there until you're so drunk. Why y'all act like you so holy? I know better. I know some of you. Some of you know me, so we'll keep that to ourselves. You ready? You ready to give? All right, bring your envelope and just come around. And hold it in your hand. All right, so just come to the front. We're going to leave our seats tonight. We're coming to the front. We're just going to believe. We're going to get fully persuaded. Now, here's what I'll say to you. Here's where confession comes in. Confession comes in in this moment when I have released my faith and I begin to say, this is what the Word of God says. All right? Sharon, I've sowed some seed just recently, and um, and I don't mind telling you. I haven't told this at home, but I'll tell you here. Um, I'm, I'm believing that as we move into the fall, that our church in Jackson is going to go 1,500 plus, okay? And so Sherry and I have sowed seed in three different campuses for that, all right? And 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 what I'm doing is, is every day, I'm confessing, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, now here's what I'm saying. Lord, your word said that you're going to build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So that's number one. Secondly, Lord, your word says you're not willing that any should perish But all should come to repentance. And there's a bunch of heathens in Madison County. So I'm calling them in. And Lord, your word says in the book of Acts that you added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now I'm taking my faith and I've activated that and I'm believing to see that happen. And you know what's going to happen? We had in the middle of summer, last Sunday we had 1,325 people. I mean, we we're 175 people away, and we're not even in the fall yet. It's going to happen. Why? Because I just know. I'm you. You tell me the sky is chartreuse, and I just say God loved you. Yeah, yeah, it is to you, but not to me. All right, you ready? Take that in your hand. Here, here's how you know if you're fully persuaded. Whatever it is you're believing for, when you close your eyes, you can see it. That makes sense. When I close my eyes, I don't see thirteen hundred twenty-five. I see fifteen hundred. When I close my eyes, I don't see a broke person. I see a blessed person. When I close my eyes, I don't see a struggling ministry. I see a minute. Do do you, I don't even know how much I've talked about this, by, by, by at least by the end of next year, and possibly before that, every Love and Truth campus will be debt free. Debt free. You guys already are this is the first seed. Lloyd Bustard prophesied this on a Wednesday night in Adamsville and said, there's coming debt freedom. And I just thought, cause I knew how much we owed. It was about two point something million dollars across campuses. And he said, you're getting ready. Your debt freedom is coming to every campus now. And I'm saying, they're going, okay, God has got to get it. You got to get it from here. I know what pastor prophet Lloyd said, and I have believed him for years, but he got it. And supernaturally, God's begun to do boom, 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 boom. Can, can did, did you hear me? We are going to be a ministry that has over 150,000 square feet of building, not counting all the property that's worth well over $15 million, and we're not going to owe a dime to anybody for anything. Now, only God can do that. I'm not that smart. I wish I could say, look what I did. No, I'm not. Look what God did. Amen? So if God can do that for the ministry, he can do this for you. Do you see it? Come on, close your eyes for a minute and just see it. See yourself healed. See your family put back together. See prosperity coming your way. See yourself walking in freedom from addiction. See yourself fulfilling whatever it is that you wrote on that tonight and you just say lord I'm going to come to that place where I am fully convinced let that seed go in our hearts tonight god men and women are standing at this front and we need miracles we need miracles God we don't need a little something we need miracles But god you're a miracle come on just just grab a hold of that just a little bit tighter just just Put, put some something on that for a minute. Lord, right now, we're just decreeing miracles are getting ready to happen. That as we take the economy of this earth and we bind it to the economy of heaven, Lord, we're not trying to buy a miracle from you because you can't be bought. But we can, as Cornelius did, we can show our faith by our works. That's what we're doing. Come on, just just act like you're happy about it. Come on, hold it, hold it up. Would you just hold it up? Just, just hold it up before the Lord. The Bible says in the Old Testament they gave a wave offering. Can you just kind of give a come on? Just give a little wave to the Lord. Say, Lord, here it is, Lord. This is this is what I'm believing. This is what's going to happen for me. Come on, I'll see some tears. I love that. Lord, this, this this is going to happen. You are my source. You are my strength. You are my all-in-all. All. I believe you for it. Amen. Now here's here's what I want to encourage you to do. If there's money in that, then just leave it here at the altar and they'll count it and give it to missions. Okay. If you gave online and you just have written your miracle on that, take it with you. If you do leave it, then get another one and write on there what you're believing for. Does that make sense? Okay. Does it make sense? I want it to make sense. Okay. So, but, but have this and begin. Now, here's what you do you begin to confess. And it may be up here at first, but it's going to move to here. All right. Why? Because the word of God is seed, and it's going to go into good ground because you're good ground, and it's going to produce 30, 60, 100 fold return. All right? So here's the deal Lord, I love these people. I speak blessings over them, and I pray that by Sunday, there's going to be testimonies in this house as Pastor AJ stands before this congregation and says, Look what God's done. Look how God has shown up already. And over the next month, over the next three months, over the rest of this year, that we're going to begin to hear how faith has moved to the next level in the life of these people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.